Stock Talk. As always, it's Trevor Kirkpatrick alongside Corey Edge. Corey, it's in the very middle of sales season for all sorts of livestock. Oh, uh, it absolutely is. It's crazy. This time of year seems like everybody's posting sale pictures. They're they're advertising on social media. They're, you know, at live events every weekend. It's nuts. And I'm telling you, I feel like most people in America gotta buy a new set of tires after sales season's over with. Oh, putting on the miles and getting all over every single live sale in America. But you could do it from the comfort of your home. Oh, really? Yeah. All you got to do is hop on showpig.com and get your show pigs. I mean, there's other outlets for other species, but our friends at showpig.com is the best place to go to get your show pigs. They have about 15 sales per night during the week. Um, You can do it from the comfort of your home. No need to rub the the rubber to the pavement and put on more miles on that vehicle. Just hop online and, uh, you know, bid on your pigs and talk to those breeders. Then you can go pick them up, of course. But, hey, those guys at showpig.com is the best place to be at. Uh, hop online, showpig.com, and talk to those guys. Even if you're the other side of the coin and want to sell some pigs there on showpig.com, give them a call, set up. A, it's very easy to do. Speaking of, Corey, I'm one of those guys. Today, I've got a sale. It's Wednesday. It is Wednesday. So it's sale day. Wednesday going, for Kirkpatrick family show pigs. I know. No free ads. But hey, jump online and I'm one of those one of those fifteen today. I'm pretty sure there is uh that's on there. So got a couple lots, couple uh fancy little show pigs, so give me a shout. <laughs> Easy feeding swine. That's what we want. So yeah, we love our guys at showpig.com. We appreciate every single one of them. Trevor, you know something else I appreciate? What's that, buddy? People that are innovative. You know who else uh-huh. is innovative in our industry, kind of like we're trying to do? Hmm. Walton Webcasting. Oh, yes. They are killing it with innovative outreach. Absolutely. And when we want to ex- announce something pretty exciting to our listeners out there, Walton Webcasting. That's my drum roll. <laughs> less than impressive, but okay. <laughs> Walton Webcasting has come on as a title sponsor for the next 12 months, Trevor. What? What? 12 what? months. Absolutely. So Walton Webcasting, for those that don't know and live under a rock, Walton Webcasting is a premier live streaming and video production service in the livestock industry. The premier. I'm from Ohio. You got to say it like that. The. Okay. The premier. So (laughs) Walton Webcasting is offering new educational, informational, and entertainment on their platform, Stock Center. Ooh, I've heard about that. It's it's a big deal. It's your go-to source for everything livestock. All species, all breeds, all in. I think we came up with a quote like that one time, didn't we, Trev? We sure did. So follow Walton Webcasting and Stock Center on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the YouTube. All the, all the kids love YouTube these days. Check out waltonwebcasting.com, view upcoming and archived livestock shows. I mean, everybody that's anybody that wants to pay attention where livestock shows are being held throughout the country, got to find a place to go. I ain't driving to OIE. I'm telling you that. Yeah, that's going on right now, isn't it? I would love to be there, but guess who's broadcasting it live? 
Walton Webb Casting. That's right. So check it out. Go online, watch the shows, get involved with Stock Center. They've got great content coming to you every week, just like we do here at Stock Talk. We're very excited to have Walton Webcasting as a sponsor. Really appreciate all those guys over there in little small town Indiana. Yeah, uh, I just saw the most recent uh, bit that they had called End the Life. Uh, we noticed a face on there. Did we now? Their first In the Life uh, was our buddy that you guys are going to hear from today, Miles Toenails. I mean, Tinius. <laughs> you know, the funny thing about Miles is it seems like now, or at least early on, people didn't know how to pronounce his last name. Tonyes. Yeah, I've heard about Tonyes. One, one for every. Yeah, I agree. But Tinnegis? I don't know. I've heard it all. But ladies and gentlemen, Miles Tinnius from Highland, Illinois. Most think he's just a pig guy, Trev. Yeah. No, he's a multi-species stockman, man. He's about the, as good as it gets when it comes to that. And that's uh we realize, folks, we've had a lot of show pig talk, and you know we've kind of that. That's our background, Corey and I. But listen, we dig into a lot of show cattle talk with Miles. Yeah, because Miles Tennis is a cattle guy. Yeah, I mean, big time. You'll hear his numbers and and whatnot, but uh, holy smokes, yeah, he's kind of getting after it there in the show cattle industry. But uh, look, we realize this may be one of our longer episodes. But it will not feel that long once you get tuned in and listen to him talk about the, the topics that we have because it's truly uh, – I enjoyed it. It's probably one of my favorites just because, you know, I've seen Miles in many different rings and uh, just to kind of step out of the ring and chat with us. And we appreciate him doing that for us there that evening that we recorded this. But uh, um, super intriguing conversations um, as the cattleman this time instead of – uh, you know, I think he's had about 45 interviews in the past month, it seems. Miles <laughs> uh, Tinius is the internet right now when it comes to livestock. Yeah, I literally jumped on Facebook before we got on the mic and was like, oh, look, Miles. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ooh, there he is. Uh, so, I guess uh, we'll yeah. join that party. Well, we might as well. And if there ever was a bandwagon of jumping on and interviewing somebody, you either pick Mark Hogue or Miles Tinius, I guess, at this point. So. Here we are, and we're just staying up with the times. So that's right. Well, I guess uh, you know we enjoy all of you guys uh, tuning in uh, every single week. We we get a lot of different messages, but do not forget uh, to submit your social smashes and your topics from a hat. Uh, those are pouring in, but uh, we want to hear a lot more. Even if you've done one already, get a little bit more creative. Go a different route this time. Uh, submit those by message on any sort of different platform. Works for us, and and we are always there to reply to you. We we actually have some conversations with most of you because you're all pretty cool. So <laughs> hey, send those That's in, right. and uh, we uh, we enjoy every single one of you Dude, guys. The, one, the ones on this episode are incredible. Yeah, absolutely oh, yeah. incredible. So keep that keep that pushing. Keep the conversations going because this this one's a fun one. Oh, yeah. Well, guys, we're not going to keep you from it. Please enjoy Mr. Miles Tenius. Toenails. If you wouldn't mind just kind of explaining yourself and what you're about and what you do in the livestock industry. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it is a pleasure, and uh, hopefully those that tune in uh, will continue to tune in. I think uh, – one of the very neat things about um, 
our industry is the minds that are involved in it and the unique things that are being done, uh, you know, whether it's uh, feed or merchandise or uh, even podcasts. So uh, way excited to be a part of it here this evening. Um, actually just got back today, uh, just not even 10 minutes ago from unloading appliances. <laughs> I bought a house not too long ago, and uh, the house was cheap, was six acres and a new barn, and um, and so I decided that uh, we were going to gut the house and uh, completely remodel it. So we're not even close to being able to start remodeling, but I but saw you, a sweet But you can deal. wash your underwear. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. And currently in my mom's garage, I could if I needed to. So, because uh, that's where it's stored at. But um, no, we uh, we we just got that done, and so I I uh, took it upon myself and thought I got a sweet deal, and um, everybody else did. So it seems like all my friends are trying to grow up, and so I decided I needed to as well. <laughs> yeah. But uh, totally understand. No, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you guys. I mean. Heck, way more grown up than I ever probably. Yeah, right. uh, but uh, you know, as far as um, getting started uh, in the livestock industry, or or back to your question, I guess um, you know it, it's basically a fourth generation uh, diversified uh, livestock farmer. And uh, my great great grandpa um, had cattle and hogs. My grandpa did. My dad did, and, and my two uncles, and then. Uh, now it's just kind of been passed down to me, and you know every um, every uh, era has been a big turn, obviously in terms of types and kinds of livestock. And we probably didn't start raising show animals, uh, or I didn't until the early two thousands. But my uncle was very much involved in uh, show pigs, and uh, a few of his friends, and, and went to college, and uh, didn't get involved with the judging team. But you know then it wasn't quite as popular as it probably is right now. Mm -hmm. And so right. uh, he was one of those guys that went there and drank the cold bush light and uh, <laughs> and, and gathered more knowledge uh, about how to raise good pigs. And so uh, he came back and started doing that and then kind of uh, decided he wanted to get away from it just a little bit. Um, and then whenever I started showing and, and showed more interest in, in the early 2000s is whenever we really started cranking it back up. And I uh, bought the first set of, of guilds from Jim Grimm. I'll never forget it, uh, being in Maynard, Iowa, and getting nine uh, beautiful Yorkshire guilds that day and bringing them home in the freezing cold temps and gave us a really good deal. And uh, that just kind of kicked it off. I mean, we bred half of them Yorkshire and half of them crossbred, and we flipped them around and, and did the same thing just with the other, other group uh, the following year. And so that kind of kicked off everything. And we really ended up venturing down to about two sows uh, that we surrounded everything around And Not many of our sows currently go back to that, but uh, that was kind of the start. And then, uh, you know, went to, I uh, had a big, strong interest in judging when I was in high school. Um, we didn't have a tremendously competitive team, nor did we have uh, advisors that really knew probably uh, what they were doing uh, in the livestock judging realm. That makes but, sense. Yeah, uh, definitely not the Indiana, Ohio, Texas, Oklahoma, wherever you want to be um, in terms of, uh, you know, we had good ag teachers. I shouldn't say that we didn't, but 
uh, we learned a whole lot more about uh, uh, <clears throat> horticulture and a uh, whole lot more about uh, just basically rewiring five horse engines than we ever did uh, about how to study structure on livestock. So, um, <laughs> uh, but I was blessed. Had a lot of good uh, people in my life that um, you know were very involved, uh, multi species, and so. Uh, learned from them and then went to Lakeland Junior College, um, got to judge, fortunately, on a good team there for two years and a uh, small team basically made up of uh, Southern Illinois kids, uh, one kid from Michigan and, and uh, one that's well known by you guys, Tegan Simmons uh, mm-hmm. from Indiana. Oh, yeah. and, and so um, Tegan was was really uh, was a big part. Uh, he and Lee Rinker, uh, big big part of, uh, you know, pushing me to continue to judge in uh, senior college. And so, um, uh, went from there to Western Illinois university and judged, uh, for, for two years there and then coached for, um, another two and a half years. Uh, and, uh, so I, I made the big senior loop there a year and a half longer than probably most termed ideal, but ah, that's just uh, a victory lap is all <laughs> yeah. that was. Yeah. So Everybody I talk to, I always tell them stay in school as long as you can. Not necessarily yeah. for the school part, though. Yeah, yeah. There is no way uh, that you would catch me in class more than you could catch me at uh, the Ritz or the Pace. So yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, or the back porch at what we uh, called the jungle at my old house. So, um, but man, uh, was blessed uh, with Marco there. And uh, originally went to school at Western for uh, Bruce Ignell. Mark, um, little little known fact here by not very many. Uh, Mark's family and my family were very competitive barrel showers growing up, and so there was a there was a you know there's a line in the, at the Illinois State Fair, or part of the barn where you didn't cross, and we 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 sat on the south side uh, of the ring with our barrows, and they were on the north side of the ring. And the only time that we ever came together was whenever the, our barrels were in the show ring. And so uh, <laughs> that was a big deal. And, and whenever I went there, I caught some flack, uh, you know, from uh, guys that I grew up around because uh, Mark Hogue was a big competitor and, and a lot of competition. Um, but uh, I remember getting done with my first set of reasons. And uh, Mark, uh, he sat back in his chair and he said, you can do two things. You can either, uh, you know, judge here for two years and leave or you can judge here for two years and uh write history and so uh you know it was a big it was an impactful day and and uh a week later bruce ignell decided he would step down as the head coach and give the position to mark um and uh but bruce was around there the whole time i was and so you know that that's a long story uh about how it all got started but um uh, then it just kind of kicked off judging some shows in college and uh, trying to do it right, and then it uh, it it helped kind of venture into multi species judging. Uh, we always had cattle at home, and we always had a lot of show pigs. Uh, pigs seemed easier to trade whenever I was in college because I could do that out of my garage. Um, and so, <laughs> out of, out of really the back car. If yeah, <laughs> if you if you remember that part of the story, we can get to that in a minute. But uh, <laughs> we uh, we did trade a lot of pigs out of the garage, but. Um, and then the cattle here in the last four years has really picked up in my life. Um, and, uh, grandpa kind of got sick and, um, we got rid of the cows probably six, seven years ago. And 
I just decided it was time to get him back while he could still see out the back window and, and see cattle there. So uh, that's how it all started back in and, and just have been lucky enough to find good families to feed them for me. And so um, that uh, that's the long-winded just of it. <laughs> There's a lot of more <laughs> memories and stories in the middle of all that, but uh, we could save that probably for another 45 minutes to four or five hours. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's so. the fun part about doing this kind of stuff is it's this, this, those kind of stories nobody really gets to hear about or, you know, talk about unless you're, yeah. you know, drinking beer after a show or, you know, in the barn looking at, looking at stocks. So, uh, absolutely. You know, yeah. We're, we're uh, sure glad to have you on. And, you know, those that are familiar with who you are and, you know, with the amount of shows you've been doing here recently and, and the scale you've been doing on, I, w- I would think that a lot of people know who Miles Tennis is. Uh, but most of the people I feel like that are familiar with you know that know your show pick background and know that yep. you're a hog man by trade. Uh, but let's make this interesting because <laughs> because I think we don't want to really talk about show pigs. We've done a lot of that here uh, yeah. in, in our podcast recently. So what led you? Obviously, you got some some family history with cattle, but but what led you to want to race and sell? show cattle yeah um i don't know probably stupidity uh uh, you know in all honesty um a lot of folks whenever i whenever i started making a little bit of a transition into it um obviously mark oak was as well and i always talk highly of mark because he's been very good to me um and uh and and more so been a great friend um, you know, to, to call on any time. And, and Mark ventured to cattle, to culture, cattle up, um, and they showed a lot of competitive steers. I mean, you guys know Dan and, and the stories about it, but, um, you know, Mark ventured into it. And as soon as I did, uh, obviously it was, uh, you know, it was, it was probably a little bit more of a joke to most, uh, because they're like, Oh, you're just following hoax footsteps. And, uh, you know, in a way I was because, I mean, you know, here's a guy that uh, that I've grown up and and really grown to, to admire, um, you know, here in the last basically seven, eight years of my life. And um, whenever he took that venture, uh, you know, it, it was just proving to me that it could be done. Mm-hmm. And it was always something where I had such a, you know, a passion about. I mean, man, whenever we were marking cards, gosh, dang it, I mean, you guys know it as well as anybody and, and having a good pig background um gosh i mean yeah fun to judge pigs and and bust all the damn classes that you want to but uh every time that cattle walked in i was just fired up you know and uh, and it just seemed like something that i wanted to do it was just going to be courage if i had enough courage to do that and you know uh with the transition came um Many, many people uh, that were strong backings and supported me 100% that have grown in the cattle industry. You know, I think about the Jared Boyards, uh, you know, right now that are strong uh, in the cattle industry and, um, you know, uh, several others that I could sit here and name off. Uh, Jeff Paulson's and, yeah, Tim Schaefer's and, um, you know, the Lemonagers here in Illinois and uh, so many others. Uh, Dave Geyer. You know, and and whenever I started it, I was so uh, I was confused and I was so nervous 
to do it. But those guys really backed me. Now, with that came critics as well. Uh, you know, and, and we could all sit there and name the critics that we have, but I've tried not to pay too much attention to that. Um, the two and a half years ago, whenever I decided to have my first sale, I had only probably sold about 10 cabs prior to that. And so I went out in June and July, uh, and, and I didn't name Mike Houston, but I got to name Mike. Um, you guys know him somewhat there, probably just judging at his house or just mm-hmm. by word of mouth. But uh, Mike was a big influence as well. Uh, Colby Tabor and I worked there. Uh, well, I'm going to say worked there, but if Mike was on here, he would say, uh, didn't work. He just paid us to uh, go to the lake and, and to the local two establishment. <laughs> town. But um, which he did, <laughs> and we were really good at that. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I went to Mike's house at the end of May, looked at calves, and I was there by myself, and I had absolutely the biggest. I, I was, you know, just got done judging the barrels at San Antonio, and the only time I remember feeling. As nervous as I was before class one came in uh, to show to me was walking out in that pasture by myself to make a decision on which calves I needed to put in my sale in September, because I did not <laughs> for sure want to look stupid. Um, that's, that's yeah. my biggest yeah, thing. You definitely I, don't want to. Yeah. And so, um, the nerves, I, unbelievable. Um, you know, and, and I made so many calls and, and I wanted people to go look at them and, you know, I, I told Colby Tabor, I, I'd go to two or three places. And I said, Tabor, you've got to go uh, check these things out. And uh, finally, he was just like, Miles, for one, I don't have the time. And for two, whatever you saw and you thought was good enough, I am sure is very, very good. And so I just followed it, finally just swallowed it and said, OK, I've got to get 15 show caps. And uh, and so I pulled them together. Uh, and, and with help of a good friend of mine here at home, Josh Tebby, Josh has been involved in cattle his whole life. Um, and, uh, Josh is a go-getter. Um, and, uh, you know, he always wants to, to better himself. And so, um, here I thought, here's an opportunity where Josh knows the ins and outs and is a great clipper. Uh, and he's somebody that won't make fun of me whenever I make mistakes, he will help teach me. And, um, He's also somebody that wants to grow. And so I thought with some of the connections that I had and then his ability to get them clipped and, and know what we had to do day in and day out, we would have a really good team. And, and uh, that fall, the biggest thing, uh, the, the, the coolest thing for me and, and Josh as well, um, whenever we decided to have that sale, we didn't know who would show up. And uh, we did it online. And man, I just remember being so nervous every day. And whenever we started clipping them, I was nervous. And we started... You know, we, we dye them and take pictures. And I mean, everything seemed to be going pretty good, but I also didn't know how it was supposed to go. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, you look yeah. back a year and a half ago and you're like, boy, I would have done this different. Or, you know, two years ago, boy, I would have, have done this different then. What was I thinking then? But uh, the, the growing process has been awesome. But, you know, that year we had uh, um, RJ uh, from RJ Cattle show up and Todd Caldwell and Dave Geyer and, uh, Joe Gensini and Scotty Lee and uh, Wade uh, Rogers. And, you know, all these guys started showing up that we just, you know, we, at this point we were infatuated with because we were trying to be like them. You know, we wanted, yeah, we wanted right. to be successful. And so uh, it meant a lot to me and it meant a lot to Josh, but it, it, it also told me 
that um, at some point in my life, I was doing something right because these guys had uh, they had the faith that the cattle were good enough that they needed to drive, uh, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight hours out of their way to come down and look at cattle. And, um, man, I, I can't tell you they were perfectly clipped. I can't tell you uh, whenever they were here that everything was chubby and fluffy and ready and all those things. But I can tell you all those guys bought cattle out of that sale. That's awesome. And, and I appreciate it. And whenever we got done um, with that sale, I mean, it was a flood of emotions uh, because, you know, the, the biggest thing was, oh, my God, thankfully, you know, we sold them. Your feed bill is not going to yeah. go up anymore now. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my gosh. I mean, cattle, you want to talk about eating some shit. Uh, <laughs> but cattle um, – you know, it, it was it was such a flood of emotions, and uh, you know, I, I remembered uh, being at the Illinois State Fair and the people that were coming up, and you know, uh, you, you venture into that cattle barn, and uh, it is very it, you guys. I mean, you guys have been involved multiple species of different animals, but whenever you get away from the one species that they know you from, they 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 like. There's a lot of people even if they're your buddies, they want to give you some shit about it. Oh, and yeah. so, you know, uh, what are you doing in the cattle barn? You know, the pig barns over there and this and that. And the only thing I could think about was, well, you better saddle your horse up a little tighter. Cause I'm coming. And, oh, and, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the mentality you got to have, uh, man. Yeah. I mean, but, but at the same time, you know, you don't want to be so arrogant that you, that you take people, uh, for granted or, or you, you mm-hmm. take away relationships that you could possibly build. Well, and you talked uh, about being so nervous there at the beginning. Yeah. I think if you're nervous about starting something new, that means it's something good. Yeah. If you just said, ah, yep. screw it, let's just do it, then you're not putting enough effort into it and you don't care enough about it. Well, so, that, yeah, absolutely. I and I mean, I, I can th- say the thing, same thing about this podcast. I was like, I don't know how it's going to be received, <laughs> but yep. hey, we're going to do it and we're going to put a heck of a lot of work into getting off the ground and uh, you know, now we got guys like you jumping on here. So, you know, you mentioned your guys, uh, your buddies kind of teasing you about being in both barns. And, and, you know, that's one of the questions that I had, you know, I know you as, a, as obviously being in the pig barn and being yeah. at almost every county fair that I've been to. <laughs> and uh, so I guess my question is, how do you balance, uh, you know, getting your cattle ready and, and finding people to clip, help clip you or clip them cattle? And try to take care of the pigs you're trying to sell. How do how do you manage those two species together? <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot of lot lot of time. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. um, the 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 time spent in each barn is is pretty pretty consuming, um, no doubt. And and you know, I work for uh, Showrite Feeds as well, and I do a lot of clinics now nationally. Um, across the country for show ride. And then we also have a concrete business here at home that I help out with just as much as I can, just simply to try to keep uh, the excess condition off of my body. Um, but <laughs> you, seems, you develop a lot of unhealthy lot. habits, raising two, piece, two species of livestock, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. And, and having three cases in between both. Cows. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I they're 100 percent and then they'll never they you know they they'll never understand how thankful i am for them but my dad my uncle uh lane render and his little brother 
um, another couple families here, Brian Ulmer and, uh, and the, this mullet family now that's shown for me, um, you know, and, and then Josh with the cattle, Colin Crow. Uh, if those guys were not in my life, there is no freaking way that I could do what I'm doing. Uh, because there is so much, you know, I'm gone so much, uh, doing clinics and I'll try to get, I mean, we'll, I'll do 60 or 70 clinics nationwide, multi-species, um, from January the 2nd until basically three days before Christmas. And, Mm, wow. And, uh, it, it, it is a lot of time obviously on the road, but I'm also blessed, um, because I get to look at livestock whenever I'm gone, you know, and, uh, so I balance that as much as I possibly can and picking up and transporting livestock as much as I can. But, uh, you know, I, I venture a lot to Lane and I venture a lot to uh, this Brian Ulmer because I've got to have them pick stuff up. We're, we're lucky enough to be right off Interstate 70. And whenever those cattle come through or pigs or whatever, you know, they can be grabbed right away. Um, Brian, Brian Ulmer lives right off the interstate and he, he, <laughs> He jams his barns with more cattle and more pigs than he ever probably has wanted to. Uh, but uh, his daughter, um, his daughter has been successful and she will continue to be that way uh, because they help me out. But, you know, the, the big things are um, with the clipping and stuff, uh, you know, of the cattle uh, in particular, uh, I cannot tell you um, that I am anywhere near uh, as good as, as what, um, literally nine out of 10 would be that stand around me, but we got to figure it out sometime. And so, uh, a lot of, uh, trial and error, um, on my part in terms of doing that. But, uh, me and Josh and Colin Crow, uh, and Brian do a lot of all of our, we do all of our clipping ourselves and, um, and for my two sales. And then, uh, uh, as far as the pigs go and the chores, uh, I'm lucky enough. My dad loves it too. Uh, my uncle. And, uh, so they do a lot at home for us or for me, uh, to get things ready. And whenever I go to sales or shows or, you know, anything, these guys make me look better than I actually am. And, um, so I'm, <laughs> hey, I'm not going to lie. Forever. I saw I, I did see it badger last year. And I think you yep. were holding a set of clippers around your neck just yeah. because you wanted to and not that you were actually doing any clipping. Just in case somebody yeah. took a picture. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, whenever they got the pulse walking around, you don't want to miss oh, you gotta act like you're dra- you got to act like you're dragging oh, a top before you if somebody's trying to snap yeah. a picture. Absolutely. And I mean, I'm telling you what, man, the, the, the way that these guys are fitting cattle, like I, I, I clip pigs. Yeah. There's, there's no way I could, I mean, they're, they're sculpting animals. They're yeah. beautiful when they walk into the ring. Huh. I mean, it's amazing. So I just sit there and watch cause it's mesmerizing yeah. in itself. Well, it's just like the Illinois beef expo, you know, we got done with San Antonio and then we went into freaking, uh, I flew right back home and, uh, unbeknownst to anybody else i actually came straight back home and took a three-hour nap but i told him i was really busy (laughs) in the morning so i couldn't make it there right away so crow um yeah you guys kind of know crow a little bit or colin but yeah he took Mm -hmm. over uh he took over managing uh everything up there beef expo until i got there about mid-afternoon and uh and i told all these guys that were helping me because we had we had a 16 calf show and uh um, on Saturday, basically. Well, we had 13 on Saturday and three on Sunday. So, um, our, our load limit was pretty well crazy. 
But mm-hmm. what is interesting about cattle is you can freaking clip them damn things on a Monday or Tuesday. Take them to the show on a Friday after the kids washed them about three more times. And it doesn't even look like you freaking clipped them. You know, <laughs> in a damn pig, you're like, you, you're clipping hair off and you're like, oh my God, I hope that grows back before it's taken care. You know, yeah, right. right. They just peeled his neck a little tight. But um, the cattle, you know, these guys got in there and, and they were all sitting there clipping whenever I got there. And Zach Colbert, he looked at me and he said, I thought you said you clipped these damn things. I said, I did. But that's also <laughs> me getting scared to get like real close to them. You know, they're, they're in there flipping their wrists back and forth like they're, them uh you know hitting some i mean it just wild and i'm sitting here like just barely mowing them down you know i mean what they're <laughs> doing in 20 minutes is taking me half a day and yeah so, you know that's <laughs> a big big freaking deal there um that those guys are involved and uh colin's got the most involved with me here in the last year because colin was another one of those guys that Man, he, he's just a damn good stockman, and, and you guys know what it's like. I mean, you know, you you gotta you gotta want it too, but um, you gotta be a good stockman. And, and that this kid is an intelligent, intelligent stockman, and he wants nothing to do uh, with a nine to five job, uh, you know. And he wants nothing to do with having to make sure um, that he gets a shower every every day. But uh, he is damn good at what he does. So uh, we had a heifer sale together in October. Um, I was having a heifer sale, and I do in in December and January with Devin Olson. And uh, uh, 100% uh, Colin was big time. I mean, getting things broke. You want to see something funny. Um, If you ever did live interviews, come about uh, the end of July and watch Colin and I, or Josh and I try to break the animals that we have because you want to talk about me being drug around. Those two are like brick shit houses and me, you know, I'm starting to gain some more weight, not muscle weight, but more <laughs> fat weight. And, uh, I don't, th- I think I'm tough, but until you get a hold of a 600 pound calf that don't give a shit who you are, um, <laughs> they will drag you around. And so kick, kick the shit out of you, do whatever. And so, um, you know, I remember when, uh, you, you spoke about Boyard earlier, Jared, uh, Corey, were you at that workout? I, I don't, I forget where we were, maybe, uh, uh, Campbell cattle company, I think, but. Oh yeah. When that steer took off down the road. Yeah. Yeah. Jared, Jared thought he would, (laughs) you know, try to muscle him. And I mean, he took off probably football field long. It was, uh funny it wasn't at the moment but it was funny when we got back in the van <laughs> what was impressive but, yeah. about that is he hung on and that's what's yep. incredible about those cattle guys is they might like try to jerk you 10 days till you know midnight but the, they end up hanging on somehow and finding their footing and the, those cattle back off yeah <laughs> yeah well so miles yeah. uh i we're going to jump into a segment. I don't want to cut you off. We'll jump into more of those uh, cattle stores too, yeah. because uh, there's there's some for for every single night of the year. I think, but for sure, uh, we do have a segment that we call "Topics from a Hat." Oh boy! And we do have a nice little theme song that we'll play. Mm-hmm. Um, each person is going to answer these topics. Now, what's cool is our listeners submit these topics um, that they want us to talk about. So Bill from Pennsylvania submits and he asked us to discuss discuss, um, sire names. He said, you know, sometimes 
There's ones that are like George or Frank. And then there's sometimes there's those crazy names. So what are your opinions on ones that would you rather just be basic, solid names or just crazy out there names? Oh, man. <laughs> it's actually pretty cool. Tell me <laughs> that you guys don't ever just lay there at night um, and just think about or you got maybe a boar pig at home or something, you know, that, uh, you know, or any any animal. And you're like, boy, that thing would be sweet to just yeah. keep as a as a uh-huh. as a boar or whatever. And then you're like, oh, it'd be sweet to have this name. You know, I've got a list in my phone. Of, <laughs> yep. Of what it's literally titled. <laughs> yes. And it's literally titled boar names. And then yep. <laughs> from there, I have all these names. Now, I'm I can't give these up because I have 26 names. And I'll probably never have 26 opportunities to feed them or to, to, to uh, uh, be lucky enough to have boars to name this. But these are my names, so I'm not giving them to you guys. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I'm totally with you. But, <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, in all seriousness, I mean, I think the coolest part about naming something is not the specific boar name to date. Like right now, you know, um, the, the hot boars right now. It's more like, hey, this thing goes back to Dirty Secret or, hey, this thing goes back to Full Flush or, hey, this thing goes back. Whenever I look at a boar, um, I think about or a a bull, I think about, man, you know, that's a cool name to say that's out of this old Dirty Secret sow or that's Mm -hmm. out of this old 7-2 sow or that's out of this old, you know, uh, Monopoly cow, Heat Wave cow. Full flush cow, Meyer seven thirty four, you know. Now I think that there's times um, where uh, it can get crazy out there uh, with some names, and um, if you let my good little buddy uh, Blake Danner name all the boars, I don't know that I would <laughs> use them all. Yeah, <laughs> but I'll, I'll tell you, Miles, the in the sheep business, there is more. Yep. There's more crazy club lamb names out there for bucks than there are any any other species. I mean, I two wow. of them off the top of my head I could think of are, are shower chicken and stud duck. I mean, we're taking yeah. <laughs> we're taking birds and just throwing crazy words with them. Not yeah, that they're bad and talk, I, but you know, there's stuff like that. Oh I mean, yeah, something to remember. Well, and, and man, I'll tell you what, um, some of it probably gets a little far out there. I mean, you know, some of it uh, it. it Naming a boar, a ram, a buck, a bull, that if that breeder gets to name it, immediately shows their personality, okay, that they're hiding yeah. somewhere inside right. of themselves, <laughs> okay? And so you may be talking to the nicest uh, you know, guy in the world, and then he's got some uh, you know, weird boar name. The, I just saw the the that this booty tickle thing has absolutely taken oh, everybody by storm. Yeah, and now yes. Backman has a James is my buddy, uh, but I'll forever give him crap about it because I think that that name is just awful. <laughs> but you know, now he's got a boar and he's going to Terry Schaefer. Is that right? I pretty. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. And his name's yep. Booty Tickle. If you told Terry Schaefer. The name of War Booty Tickle twenty years ago, he would he have la- said he would have laughed at you. Yeah, like, God bless you, <laughs> you right. man. I'm gonna go this way. You're nuts. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And he'd never talk to you again. And 
but now, yeah. but and that's not my shot to Terry or, or you know uh, any of the Schaefer crew. I love those guys. Um, but in that crazy, uh, you know, and, and it's the times. I mean, you you got to be. And I think there's always a story with the name too. Yeah. I mean, if you ever talk to the Wintex crew, there is there is quite the story for almost every board name they got. So. You got to have a story. Yeah, I mean, no doubt. Yep. You got to have a story. Yep. Um. You know, just just naming them off the what's in the sire and the damn side of the pedigree, you know, or the grandsire and the sire. Um, I think that's boring. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, get a little out there, but but not so much that it's like eh, I don't really want to use that thing because it's a dumb name. <laughs> you know, there right. are some of those yeah. out there. There's no well, doubt. One of my favorite pedigrees that I've ever heard in my entire life. So, uh, Trevor and I, and, and you know Grant Malone. Uh, he he showed a barra from Wintex at the Illinois <laughs> State Fair years ago, Yorkshire, Yorkshire barra yep. with a pedigree that read "Daddy says between the sheets." Now, <laughs> yeah. <if> he, <laughs> and I remember that pedigree to this day. So I mean, you know, stuff like that. It's just you, you got to be creative with what you're doing. I think so. I think some of them guys do that too. I mean, you get old Kevin Wynn up on the block, and I mean, he's not afraid to say anything. Obviously, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, some of them guys do that just so that Kevin went, if they've got a champion, they work harder at trying to get one at least. And uh, right. Kevin right. say that out loud on a microphone. So um, I know plenty of guys that have done that. And if I was good enough at breeding them to make good uh, breeding stock, I would do the same damn thing to, to Kevin for sure. Uh, Cause that'd be way funny. Yeah. That'd you be way funny. To. Yeah, for sure. All right. So, we're gonna we're gonna kill that topic. I think we did pretty good there. That's there's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of good discussion. I think come from that with our with our audience. Yeah. All right, so yeah. so Miles, topic number two. This mm-hmm. one is one that Trevor and I have thought of, and and we've kind of talked and discussed amongst ourselves. But we want to bring this out to the public. If you could create a magical supplement, what would it do, and what would it be called? A magical supplement. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> <laughs> a magical supplement would. Oh my gosh! And now I'm thinking off my off my heels here. Okay, or the tips okay. of my toes, whatever you want to say. I'm shooting from the hip. But the one thing that I think absolutely needs to be involved in the livestock show industry is some kind of a calm paste. Okay, stay with me here. A calm paste or uh, drench or something that you can give uh, to show moms and dads. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, because, hey, we virtually um, – oh, my gosh. Tito's and club soda in, doesn't do the job? <laughs> it might, uh, or it might, may, may also cause them to be yeah. a bigger disturbance. But all right, um, you know, of of the shows I've judged, uh, gosh, I mean, you know, you can always the things you always remember is is more of the negative than you ever do the good, and that sucks. I mean, whatever you're judging, you guys have been in those shoes. You you remember the, you know, the you think back about animals and and a breed champion or a reserve and you, well, you could have done this or, you know, you always think about, and then, and then 45 people might come up to you and tell you, you did a good job. And then, uh, you know, three 
may have came and said, boy, you really, you really sucked it up. Back yeah. Then. Yeah. And you're <laughs> always going to hang on those three, but see, I think, uh, you know, that it, that it all comes from the disturbed show mom and dad, uh, or they're just, you know, that crazy out there. And so I think if we're going to have a magical, um, liquid substance, whatever, uh, it has got to be something for crazy show parents <laughs> for sure. I mean, or feeders, fitters, um, you know, myself included uh, on the outside of the ring. I mean, hey, and and I'm not just talking about pigs. I mean, we're multi-species. Uh, let's give it to parents. So, yeah. yeah. What are you gonna What are you gonna call What are you gonna call that, Miles? I mean, I could use some of that oh myself. My I mean, yeah. Oh man, what are we gonna call that? Gosh, dang it. Um, you know, I don't know. Um, I, I, cool cool not, your jets. <laughs> cool your jets. See, yeah, something, like, something that. like that. I mean, you know, uh, settle the and then have like asterisks down. Settle the yeah. asterisk, 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 <laughs> whatever four asterisks down. Okay. Um, and so. Yeah, something like that. I mean, we can get, you know, we could talk more about that because actually now that I'm sitting here thinking about it, I think it's something, you know, put it in a five-hour energy uh, little deal. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Just, a, just yeah. a shot. I mean, just a little shot. And, you know, you walk around uh, World Pork Expo and there's random people just napping on the ground, you know, <laughs> parents. And you're like, well, there's there's a little Timmy's dad. You know, he had a little uh, settle the bleep down and then, you know. Um, basically what Long Island's wouldn't do at the World Pork Expo, let's give them something that they can. There you, you go. Know? Well, and they can still and, and if you got show off. parents that, that aren't self-aware enough, I mean, you could just dump it in their Long Island forum. Yeah. You never know. Just, yeah. I mean, heck, I mean, I know plenty of them guys. And, I mean, heck, I'd give it to I would literally, I would hand Mark Hogue a, a drink, and it'd be half of that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, he'd have half of it, and, and he wouldn't know the difference. Um, yeah, I think I, you guys are we're onto something. There you go. And I I don't know that that's that that uh, should even go public. I think right now we should just work on that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so everybody that's listening, you didn't hear <laughs> yeah. what we just talked about. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna form patent pending. <laughs> yeah, patent pending. Exactly. Corey, what's your? Uh, do you have a supplement in mind? Dude, I've I've often thought about this to be honest. Like even just outside, like man, it'd be really cool if I could just have this and yep. change that, and this would work. So over the course of time, I've I've thought, you know, we're talking straight magic here. I mean, this is like <laughs> if if the good Lord handed me a a vial of it, I would I would use it, and I'd never sell it to anybody else, but I keep it for myself. And so my supplement would would take any piece of livestock and, and fix a flaw. So whether it be oh. a structural flaw or a, or a fat or muscle flaw or something like that, instantly change it. And, and the, the magical supplement would know what to do, would know what needs to fix. How about that? Now I will tell you, if you did that, um, you'd probably be shot. You know, somebody would <laughs> shoot you yeah, somebody. and they would steal your, uh, <clears throat> you know, your formulation somewhere. And I'm not saying yeah. that you wouldn't see me driving around your house a little bit, <laughs> you know? Okay. Well, uh, it'd be nice to visit with you. Yeah. I okay. wouldn't get close to you. Cause you are, I mean, you, like you're a big boy, 
and there's no way that I would get close to you, but I, I could, I could shoot from a distance. No, <laughs> okay. I don't bother. Okay. Oh, right. shit. But I love your idea. Yeah, so, Gosh, dang yeah. it. That is good. So, and I'm, and I'm going to call this, uh, and maybe this title has been out there. I mean, tell your show, right? People, if they want to use this for a supplement name in the future, yep. uh, just write me some royalties. <laughs> no problem. No problem. I'm, I'm going to call this shape shift. Oh, very nice. You have thought yes. about this. <laughs> I have thought, I've thought about it a lot. <laughs> Dude, wouldn't that be sweet though? I mean, oh, if, yeah. If Just you like could. you got a puffy, bow legged yeah. one. All your yeah. problems get everywhere <laughs> else. Cheap shift done. Fixed it. Yeah. You know where I'd use it the most? In my feedlot. Ooh. Like yeah. every pig yeah. that sucked that I bought or steer or heifer. I mean, I got a, actually, I don't know how soon you could get that stuff made up or what's in it. But if you get it here in the next week, I could probably take a 55 gallon drum. <laughs> okay i'll get to i'll get to work on that <laughs> i'll go uh i'll go treasure hunting for a genie in a bottle <laughs> oh my that'd be great so mine's Kirky, probably mine's probably just as magical uh and it has Ooh. to do with those really good stock that are just 12 o'clock on show day but they either drag you around the ring or they ride the gate and you've done everything and your sibling has done everything to try to get it right. And it will just not go. <laughs> so uh, it, with it, whether it be a halter or a pipe or a whip or whatever it may be, that is my supplement. I guess it's not really a supplement, but it's more a, an equipment. But there's almost like a joystick that you would it would Bluetooth to the animal yeah. and then it just follow you around. And like if it walks into that ring. It just knows that it's time to just slow down, and I'm I'm an asshole back at the pin or I'm back at the stall, but it's showtime, and I just need to slow down. And they the yep. showman has ability to okay stop, and then puts the feet where they want it, or hey, we need to head up a little bit, <laughs> like more so playing yep. video games with livestock. But yeah, that's that's way out there. That's probably different galaxy stuff, but. Um, <laughs> But hey, they're doing that right now on uh, on Mars, Trev. You, yeah, I, yeah, you no, got NASA yeah. working on that. Yeah. Well, All right, what's your joystick called then? I mean, oh gosh, um, <laughs> stock control. Stock control. There you go. Stock control. I like that. All right. All right. Well, so uh, to get more uh, on a serious topic, I guess those were those were really fun, and we appreciate Bill submitting his. But uh, Miles, to ask topic from a hat. Keep it, keep yes. it coming, guys. By the way, got to do the call to auction. We love, we we love the or talk, call to action, not auction. Uh, yeah, <laughs> keep those coming. So, uh, Miles, next question we have for you: You've sorted all over the country, and uh, you know everybody loves to. Li- I love to listen to you on the microphone and explain them. Um, and some of the livestock that you've seen come through the ring, what trends that are you? gravitated towards and maybe what are some that you wish would just totally go away (laughs) oh man um you know here's the deal we've all got a kind of livestock that we like and i want to say that we like the same stuff and you know just like going to san antonio two weeks ago before the show and, and talking with several people um I had a good conversation with a good friend of mine from here. And he said, you know, you and Mike or Mike, you and Mark um, like the same kinds of stuff 
but not exactly the same. And that's what's going to be fun about you going to San Antonio. And and I thought about that a lot because I was like, I was kind of a little bummed about it at first. And then I'm like, you know what? He's right. Like, um, there there is. I, I just keep going back to we all like our, our kind of livestock. You know, you feed that kind, you breed that kind, you show that kind, you, you know, you, you promote that kind and that's okay. Um, you know, and, uh, each one of these things you ask me, I always get a little off topic, but I, and I apologize for that, but the, oh, it's all good. The, the kinds and the trends, you know, um, I don't know. I mean, if you like making them tall and frail, then, Hey, that's fine. Go ahead and make them tall and frail. You know, if you like making them squatty and, and big rib and big ass and everything, Hey, that's cool. Do that. I think we're right in the middle of it. Everything right now, multiple species we've never had in each ring, in my opinion, been as close to each other as we are right now, simply mm-hmm. because of uh, two things. Structure is huge, multiple species. And then we talk about structure, but we talk about just phenotypic build. Um, you know, the, the cutting animals into thirds, balance, proportionality, bone in relationship to body and length of body, you know, things like that. And um, I don't know that there's so much in, in the comment that I had made at San Antone and come back with here at home. Uh, was Mark and I were going to stick to kinds. And and by that, I meant not kinds of, uh, you know, length of body, tallness of shoulder, you know, hip height, anything like that, good kinds. And so, in my opinion, uh, as a livestock judge right now, you have to know that each species that you evaluate, there will be different kinds because people like managing different kinds of livestock and you just have to appropriately describe those kinds i don't think that you have to go into each show and pick the tall fronted one in every single class because if you do that you're going to kick your own ass Mm -hmm. you know you're going to get in a position where you don't like your champion drive and it's going to be average and our champion drive at houston at san antone we had tall fronted good looking ones we had moderate stout ones you know we had we had different kinds but they were good they were good stock. And I think that so many of us, you know, we struggle on where, uh, myself included, where we need to be in each industry. I think once we just simply sit back and try to make good livestock, all of a sudden and all that disappears, all that anxiety. And if a guy tells you, man, I don't like bone, that's because they freaking can't get it. You know, they, they can't figure out how to get bone or, you know, I don't have to have them tall fronted. Well, that's because you can't make them tall fronted, you know, and and I, I think that's a lot of a lot of those things. But it, it, think about the good breeders, you know, the 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 elite breeders and multiple species of livestock, and and how long some of those guys have been around. I mean, you look at cattle right now, and and you know, you think about the big ranches that have been around forever. I mean, look at uh, Thomas Ranch, and, and it doesn't matter what species you're involved in. You know, the Thomas Ranch raises good Charlotte mm-hmm. cattle. But yep. guess what? They have, you know, a few hundred head or two, three hundred head of incredibly good quality cows that just making good livestock. They're not focused on trying to just make some kind that, the, you know, they, they like what they like, 
and I can't speak for them, but you think about the good, the good hog breeders, you know, right now and, and sheep and goats, um, whenever they just decided to make good livestock, they're always there. You know, they're always there year in and year out and they never fade away. And so where are we at right now in multiple species? Um, obviously we want them as good looking as we ever have. This is a show. If you're going to an interview, you're dressing up. If you're going into the show ring to win a show, you better not have an ugly headed flat backed one. That's bad skin. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Or, or no hair on your show calf in August, uh, whenever everybody else does. And if you do, I don't want to hear you griping about it because everybody else is, you know, that the ones that are winning have it and your calf may be better. I get that. You know, you hear that all the time and, and it's just one of those things. I mean, right now we just have to continue to focus on making livestock structurally correct and make them good looking. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think that a lot of guys are going back to rib shape and things like that and how it facilitates, but that's a, that's a long freaking way around it. And I apologize <laughs> no. in that topic, but, but you're on something that is, I, I hope you can, I'm passionate about right now. Um, and, uh, and I will continue to say that way because we'll continue to make livestock every year. Um, you know, until, until, uh, uh, or if it's ever taken away from us, we'll always figure out how to make them. But we just got to focus on the the big picture right now, and and not focus so much on the kind that's supposed to be. Finished. Well, something you said that rings so so true and hard to me is uh, I that that's one of the reasons why I enjoy watching you and or Mark judge shows. I mean, both of you have been at the Ohio State Fair, or I've been uh, wa- I've watched you, but. What you said is why I enjoy watching. There's good stock, and they all don't have to look the same. They're yep. they're they're exactly. can they each individual is good for a reason, and the one individual standing next to it may not match it, but that's okay. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's like that is something that ranks real true to me. So, uh, yeah, my, Miles, I can agree. I can agree that right now, uh, livestock are as good as they've ever been. I mean, there was, there was years, you know, 10 years ago, five, 10 years ago when, when, you know, we were chasing muscle, we were chasing bone, we were chasing, you know, look extension, we were chasing short backs. We were, you know, all these trends and stuff like that have have honestly, you know, but what those trends did is they affected change. And once we found a blend, a perfect blend of all those things, which we call proportionality is, is something now that I think we've got a better grasp and handle on. So you don't yep. see these these just ripped up bow legged ones. You don't see uh, too many anymore. Uh, and, and I did talk about this in our our last episode. But you know, one of the things that that's crazy to me is how big legged some of these things have gotten. And and to a standpoint, we have sacrificed natural, genuine width and rib mm-hmm. cage and stuff like that. Now, now I would agree. You know, I think people are starting to focus more on that. Like, man, we got these things real big legged and good looking, but they don't have anything to them. So, yeah. you know, that's a trend that I think is starting to kind of take shape. Now, I hope we don't go too far and yep. and lose and lose that. And I don't think we will because the focus, like you said, of some of these bigger breeders and, and stuff like that are, you know, obviously some of these, these fuzzy uh, show steers, you know, can get a little, can get a little wonky boned and a little big legged and bad jointed, <laughs> yep. uh, you know, as you've probably seen, but, you know, I, I think we're in a good place now. And, and uh, so interesting to hear your thoughts on that though. So our next segment, 
our next segment, Miles, you're going to like this one. <laughs> it's social. We call it social smash. Okay, uh-huh. we got a little. We got a little song to play for that. You are really <laughs> dumb. You're so stupid and dumb. Do you even have a brain in your stupid head? I don't uh-huh. think that you do. Where does that even come yep. from? Did uh, somebody make I, that? Whenever Mark and I got judged, done judging, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but it is on Spotify. It is on Spotify, and uh, that's, that's awesome. how. I, yeah, I got bored and I found it one day. So, <laughs> so, so yeah. Social smash. These, you know, in this deal, we talk about our biggest social media pet peeves. We've got people that have submitted some some listener submissions, and we'll read those and get your thoughts. But first, what is your biggest social media pet peeve? At the moment, I mean, we uh, there's been a lot of talk about this. There's a lot of different ones out there, but. Oh, man. <laughs> See, you know, a lot of stuff comes to mind uh, whenever you. Whenever you're involved, you know, in, in, in the and I'm, oh, I'm a social. I like I like we getting on Facebook. I don't know about you guys, but. Mm-hmm. Oh, just, yeah, I, I really like knowing what everybody else is doing whenever I should like be doing my own stuff. <laughs> I just said the younger generation is all about Instagram. So, Oh, younger generation. You know, I'll tell you, and that's good. And we're going to go off of that right there. Um, <laughs> Titus is my, I, I love Brent Titus. Okay. I got um, a, a little slight man crush on him. Uh, weird. You know, he, I mean, you can't help but to like the little chubby guy. Um, <laughs> and just want to better watch out. Lindsay might fight you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, we, uh, they both know my feelings on Lindsay and she's way too good for you. Um, <laughs> and, but here's the thing, you know, the social media deal, if you like it, you love it and you're going to do as much as you can on it. And social media is, is such a unique option. Um, that costs nothing. You know, and and uh, except for time, and you know, I think that there's some that uh, overdo it, and there's some that do it uh, just good enough, and um, you know, there there's some that come to me and they say, hey, you know, can we? How do we sell our animals better? You know, how do we reach more people? Well, it's no doubt there's social media, um, but there's also a, a big fluctuation in how it's used, and so you know, you see folks that put it up. I mean, daily. Uh, with 15 exclamation marks, best set ever. Oh my gosh. <laughs> if yeah. I saw that, and, you know, I just talked to, yeah, I just talked to Brandon Davis the other night and um, Brandon, I think he, you know, he said he had one, uh, he had one or two cores lights and I'm pretty sure he had somewhere between one and two and 20. And <laughs> Brandon, my good buddy, um, you know, he he actually made a good comment about that and how challenging it is whenever you do have an elite set to utilize a word like elite or, mm-hmm. the, you know, great or some kind of a an, an adjective or wording that really exemplifies the quality that you have. And so it's it, it, that's that's the most challenging. I mean, man, that some of them words are overused. Now, I, what I was going to get to on the uh, Brent Titus thing is the other thing that bothers me about social media is, um, you know, the generations. I am 
I myself, and I know you guys are, are very, very, very respectful to those that came before you and those right. that paved the way of, of us having opportunities like sitting right here and talking as young guys, you yeah. know, and they've paved that way, but there's also some sort, and I'm not talking about Brent Titus when I say this, but whenever I get on social media and I see the attack from an older generation to a younger about yeah. millennials and about, um, you know, uh, can't find anybody to work and you can't find, you know, that challenges that, that bothers me uh-huh. because we, they, these guys don't realize how much a younger generation looks up to them. And it doesn't matter if they're judging shows, if they're the best breeder in the world or, or anybody, um, you know, an older generation, it, it might be a guy that you, you know, seat at the gas station every time that you walk in there and he's just a good old man, you know, but whenever he starts to talk crap about you, then you're like, why, you know, what, what did I do to you just because you had a bad experience with some punk kid that didn't want to show up six days. Yeah, just away. because I'm the same you age know? as that punk kid doesn't mean yeah. I'm the same, <laughs> you know? And so the, 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 not that, you know, just the verbal, um, negativity towards a younger generation of us that really want to be successful and are not trying to do it arrogantly. That bothers me because the, we don't group them. You know, we don't group an older generation as anything, but uh, successful folks that paved the way for us. And, you know, some are our heroes. Some are the people that, you know, we've always looked up to and things like that. And so the millennial talk, Boy, I, I get as bothered by millennial talk, even outside of livestock, as anything. And and social mm-hmm. media is like this huge ground for everybody to talk shit on each other. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. you know, it, it, yep. so there's negativity there. So I hope that some way I answered your question. Um, I would say definitely the overuse on, on terminology that exemplifies the quality of stock that's there. And then also, uh, you know, the, the generations that are before us that, um, you know, that we truly, uh, adore and, uh, and care for and may not get to talk to every day, but boy, whenever they have a bad experience with the kid, our age, um, you know, our young person in the industry, they just group us all together. And so that bothers me a little bit. I uh-huh. I'm with you. All right. So, so miles, our, our listener submission, this actually came, uh, from via Facebook message. Mark yep. from Texas. Mark from Texas is annoyed by the show cattle winter pictures and says mm-hmm. they're getting ridiculous. He is seeing lists like shown by, raised by, sold by, placed by, fit by. What happened to just the breeder, the guy that sold it, and the kid that stuck it? What happened? Right. To <laughs> you know, it's um, you know, what's what's the thing about the cattle industry? Um, that is, it is one of those things where the cattle, uh, cattle folks, they, there's a lot of differences. There's so many similarities, but there's a lot of differences, particularly in the way that you handle social media. And, and that's been a big thing for me is, you know, how do I handle promoting cattle versus hogs? Because you'd think it'd be the same, but in reality, it's very much different and in behind the scenes. And so, as far as the cattle go, and I, I try not to do the over tagging. I know exactly 
what what uh, he's talking about. Um, you know, if Mark is listening, I I totally understand. Uh, you know what uh, what he's talking about, and and what you guys are trying to also talk about. Um, but whenever you have a crew that puts cattle together, uh, you know, I sat there at the Illinois Beef Expo, and if I didn't have the four or five guys that were there helping me and the two guys that helped me sell maybe this one steer for 15 grand or the breeder, you know, I want to make sure that they get acknowledged as well, simply so that they know that I give two craps about them and I care about them and that they're not on the wayside. They're not just my fitter, you know, and wash boy that I'm giving a hundred bucks to and saying, okay, scat, see you next time. You know, I want them to feel like they're working on good livestock that we can get to the backdrop with. And I'm also acknowledging and crediting their work. And so if I over tag, it's because the people in there, I care about them. And I know they care about the situation as well. I think that there is sometimes where it's a little like, oh my gosh. And there's even times now where it's funny, you know, the, the pulse does such a good job of, of getting all the winners. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, sometimes even myself included, I'll just put like, I'll say sold by six different guys just so I can get somebody to, to gripe about it, you know, <laughs> just, <laughs> just to do it. You know, we, nobody may have even sold the damn thing. The kid might've raised it, but six of us, you know, I just put it down and we all sold it. But yeah. Uh, more than anything, it's just a list of shout outs. Like you said, you're giving yeah. somebody the, 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 the limelight when, you know, yeah. your goal is to make it to the backdrop and you did. So well, that's a big thing. I mean, that, that, you know, um, we're fortunate enough. I was, uh, was at Houston or San Antonio that they came to me and while I was judging land race and they said, Hey dude, you, you just had a champion Maine over here and the, and the cattle ring. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. And, you know, whenever it was all said and done, the steer gets slapped reserve grand overall. And I, I couldn't help but to tag the five, six, seven people that were involved to get that calf to the point to where it was. Now, yeah. in the pig deal, you know, you know, it, it goes and I trade a lot of them. Um, so, you know, I might be like, hey, raised, you know, sold, um, shown by, raised by, sold by us. And, and and there's really no other tags. But to get these cattle to good homes and to get them managed and to have the right people on your side, we tag a lot of people just simply because they're involved with it. You know, and you just don't want to leave anybody out. I mean, um, that's a Well, there's a difference is- between somebody fitting a showside hind leg and somebody doing chores for you on the weekend. <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that is a good way to put it. <laughs> Yeah. Well, our next submission comes from another Facebook message, Caleb in Pennsylvania. He's pretty annoyed by the barn blind out there, and mm-hmm. rightfully so. Uh, you know, most of them are first-time breeders who post a picture of a five-week-old piece of livestock and saying how they're going to be the next champion. You know, we've all raised bad ones. It's just part of the game. But <laughs> they're also taking pictures of these bad ones, and instead of promoting the better ones, they kind of say how it's going to be the next champion, and it drives him nuts. Do, have you ever seen that, or can you relate? Oh, man. You know, yeah. Because, um, you know, what's funny is you start to promote stock on, on the, uh, internet and, you know, I remember, uh, I remember 
there two years ago when we were first going to have that steer sale. Uh, I had a black calf and um, he was a, uh, he was a monopoly calf from Mike Houston and he had the longest neck and the biggest square upper hip um, that you'd ever want to put in one. And, and uh, that thing came, man, he came out of that barn and he would strike a pose out in that run every time. And I took this picture of, that, of him and I just thought he was like the greatest thing since sliced bread. Because to me, he's the kind of livestock that I love. Good looking, square backed, square hipped, and perfectly, perfectly executed in terms of skeleton, in my opinion. Now, he was also uh, probably about the sixth high seller on the sale because people came to see him and they were like, dude, you have like three or four other ones that are like way better. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. And, and you know, some of these pigs and, and cheap, you guys have been there. You put up a picture of like one that you really like. And then that guy like shows up and like that day they suck. And you're like, oh my gosh, like that doesn't look good. And then you're trying to tell them like, no, this one's really good. Like, no, this one's even better. And they buy the other one or whatever. But the, the barn blindness, man, it starts all the way from the time that basically we're getting them out, uh, you know, off the sow uh, peeling them off the cow, whatever it is, and putting them out there to start be to start to be analyzed by potential buyers, all the way until the time that we're showing them at their very last show. And we're all we're all, and I know you guys would agree, we're all uh, we all get a little barn blind once in a while because if you sit in your own coop and that's all you do, you're gonna like your own stuff all the time. I mean, that's right. it because it's all you see. And, you know, you, you get them to a show and you still are like, no, that one's so good here. But in the 15 seconds that you had that that guy evaluated it, they don't see what you see at home every time. And so, you know, the barn blind thing is a, is a big deal because so many of these livestock, like I say, whenever I'm judging, like, Hey, you know, this one may look extremely good out in your yard. Okay. But whenever you bring it, to their contemporaries that are so much stouter and can still move like this one, he has to be third or fourth or fifth, you know, whatever. Yeah. And so, because if we're at home, well, that's all we're studying. We're going to get a little blind. And I do every time before the Illinois state fair, like the barrow show, the steer show or whatever. I'm like, no, I got a damn good one this year. And then I get to the show. And I'm like, no, I still got a damn good one. When I get out in the ring and he's third and I'm like, F, you know, and yeah. I'm like, why, you know, why did that just happen? And, you know, we all get a little blind to the fact that maybe there's better livestock. And so barn blindness also even comes around to, hey, listen to the judge whenever they're talking, because you may like something so much at home and that judge may not like it as much. And and hopefully they describe them right. But that's a the biggest thing on livestock shows right now, I think, is just the fact that um, people get so blind to what's around them that they just see what's right in front of them. And that's just the animals they're feeding every day. Yep. That's so true. Yeah. It's funny you say that. I, I you know, we've been posting a few pictures of sheep and stuff like that. We're trying to sell it. Like my favorite sheep that we've got right now, posted them, got, you know, a fair amount of likes, not as many as I was expecting. And then, you know, one that's probably like fourth or fifth on my list 
post him, he like tripled the amount of, of interaction <laughs> online. So I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm seeing that there are, that they are or not, whatever. But I guess as long as we're selling livestock, <laughs> it's all that matters. Yeah. Well, and also some, go ahead, Miles. No, no, you're good. Go ahead. Uh, sometimes, you know, you got your favorite sow too. And, and, uh, for me anyways, you know, you got, uh, just your favorite female and you breed her to the best thing you can. And you anticipate that litter the entire time she's bred, you put, take them out of the nursery and, and whatever. And your all your chips are in on that one. They gotta be good because I bred them this way. And like you just, the, the rest of the story you just told, you know, you had your, your high hopes on, on the pedigree more so than what the stock actually looked like. You know, I've been guilty of that before too. Oh, absolutely. We all do that. I mean, you know, you're always thinking and you wanted so much go by pedigree. Um, you know, we, we always get in those situations. I mean, heck, we could all sit here and talk all day about three species that we're involved in. And, uh, you know, eh, that's same stuff. I mean, in any one of those species, you're just banking, putting all your money in there. Um, and, uh, you're forgetting about the other ones. It seems like even whenever we go to shows, we get a little blind on our own stuff. I remember showing it Southeast regional there, um, in 2008 and, uh, we had champion barrel with a land race <clears throat> and that hog did everything right the entire time we're at the show. And I had this badass Yorkshire barrel and man he wouldn't eat he wouldn't do anything and I was going to Walmart getting pudding getting you know all the crap trying to get him ready trying to make things happen right and I put all my eggs right here and I I go in there and I'm like this kid this thing ends up well the land race wins his breed and the freaking Yorkshire is like third or fourth in class and I'm like well this sucks you know and then I get out there and I'm like, holy cow, you know, the land race, he ends up winning the show. And everybody's like, oh, he's great. He's great. Well, I was even blind to my own stuff that was in front of me. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Uh, all right, Miles. So we're going to shift gears a little bit. Really appreciate yeah. all of our guys that submitted our social smashes. Keep those coming, too. We we love to hear those and, and discuss them on the show. So uh, so now as a young as a young gun. Okay, and Trevor, Trevor and I are kind of in the same boat, but maybe we're we're in the tugboat behind you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, as a as a younger guy starting to get these bigger shows, I mean, you just recently judged the the granddaddy of Barra shows, as we all know. Um, you know, we know that that hard Trevor and I know hard work and developing a good network will help you get to where you want to be. Uh, but you know to get these big shows and stuff like that, that you've been doing, um, you know, what has allowed you to kind of get to that level? What are some of the unique things that maybe you've done? And if you don't want to tell us your secrets, I guess you don't have to, but, but, uh, you know, just curious to know, I mean, it's kind of cool to see a guy, you know, um, you know, late twenties judging a major, um, like that and stepping into a ring of that magnitude. So, well, I know they don't, um, you know, those that, uh, those that listen or whatever. And, and I say it often, they're like, oh, that's so cliche, but we are very, very, very blessed. Um, and I, I have been, uh, by a, a great God and, um, and I say that and, and I'm not, uh, the best church goer or anything like that, but, um, uh, there's been a lot of praying 
you know, in my life to try to get to somewhere. And I, and I know you guys are probably the exact same way as well. Um, but we'll always give the glory to him first and foremost, but the, the biggest thing, uh, and, and I love to share it whenever folks ask, because they always want to know, how do you get to the next point? Um, and, you know, to the young person that's listening, uh, to even the breeder that's just sitting there and they're like, man, you know, I'm doing these good things. I'm breeding these good hogs. How are cattle or sheep or goats? I need to be judging these shows. Don't get frustrated about it. First of all, okay. Because, you know, maybe it's, um, you know, something where the, the good Lord is putting you in a position to make better hogs for good, you know, for, for judges to judge or make better sheep or make better cattle, whatever it is that you're doing. Maybe that you're the best manager, you know, of them or those kind of things. But my biggest thing was growing up, um, you know, I, I was on both sides of it. I mean, you got to admit, um, and, and just like you guys, the states, we come from states where there is a lot of judges that freaking judge all over the country in multiple species. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Think, I mean, mm-hmm. cattle, sheep, goats, hogs, multiple species. The the most uh, the, the the most famous judges, you know, the ones that do it the most are from our th- our states, you know, and and so whenever whenever we get into that, um, you know, as a young person. Uh, sometimes it's a challenge. I, I, I immediately noticed growing up to beat those guys. And why? That's because some people think that if they beat them, well, then they're not going to get a shake at it whenever that guy comes to judge their show. And, and, and sometimes it's not the case. Maybe they have the best one. Maybe I was born blind. But, you know, you sit there and um, you take a beating that you don't deserve or you win one that you – didn't have the best one and all of it weighs back in your mind. And so two things I always told myself was I would never, ever, ever go to a show without what I thought was the best animal that we had. And Mm -hmm. we would fit, manage them and bring them to the show properly shown as best as we possibly could. So that's the biggest thing. I wasn't going to let anybody, if somebody's going to beat us, I was going to make them look stupid doing it. And the other thing was, or if we got be fair and square. The other thing was I was always going to be honest and never would I sacrifice my personal values and goals to let someone else achieve theirs that they didn't deserve. And so uh-huh. whenever I thought about, you know, I started judging and I remember uh, two counties over, I judged in Brownstown and two people, two folks that had bought pigs from us. I had grown up with showing knew my whole life because they were just 30, you know, 30 minutes away. Uh, you know, their kids were um, showing at these shows and uh, they were young. They were little yet, but they were just getting started and they were aggressive parents and aggressive young showmen. And, um, you know, that day I walked away and I used a barrel uh, that was the best one there, in my opinion. And uh, and then I used another one for reserve. And I remember one of them was blue and one of them was solid white. And I beat the two people that I knew the whole time. One of them in particular went on to win the Illinois State Fair two years later. Uh, you know, the other one wins the guilt points uh, that particular year in the ICPA deal. And um, I knew them, but I used two county local kids that don't show anywhere besides in Brownstown, Illinois. And 
whenever I did that and I was comfortable with it and I left, I knew that I had to stay on that course no matter what. And I am telling you right now, you have got to be comfortable with critics because they will come, but I promise you they will go. Because And you don't have to gripe back at them or bark or cuss or send nasty text messages like some of them can. You don't have to do that because I promise you the good Lord will take care of it. And so will karma. <laughs> and so <laughs> that's um, good advice, my friend. Yeah. I mean, that's again, I, I talk so freaking long because this is exactly what I love and I'm passionate about livestock and judging and uh, judging for me, whenever I step in a ring takes everything, everything that's going on in my life whittles away uh, you know, and, and we get in that ring and it's just focused on stock. And so, um, you know, I, I would tell anybody, uh, that wants to judge shows, if you get the opportunity at the smallest little pickle festival, strawberry fret fest in the middle of Utah or wherever it is all the way until you get to the, the biggest show, always do exactly what you want to do. Um, and, uh, and, and you'll see more success than you'll ever dream of. And if you're trying to use somebody that you shouldn't be, that is way good advice. Yeah. That's I've had good mentors. Like we've talked about the entire time we've aired these episodes and those guys have said the exact same thing and they're pretty successful. I deem you quite successful doing the, the granddaddy of Barra shows. And that's why, I mean, you, you're, you are the same at every time. Good stock wins no matter what. So those are cool stories too, man. I, I appreciate, I appreciate you sharing those. So, Hey, this has been a little longer episode, but uh, I think it's been an absolutely <laughs> incredible one. Uh, we've got one more question for you. It's one we always ask yeah. uh, for for all of our guests. Uh, very simple, but it can be complex. Where do you see the show stock industry in, say, five years? You know, um, I think it's all about how we want to treat it. Uh, there is no doubt in my mind that we have the most rapid growing youth involved, uh, sport anywhere. Um, and basketball and baseball and football and softball and, um, you know, hockey, I mean, they've been around for a long time and you won't see those go either because there's a big fan source. Okay. And as long as that fan source is there, they will continue. And I think as long as we have a fan source, we will continue. There is, Without a doubt, um, we give young people the opportunity to be successful, not just in the livestock industry, not just in agriculture, but in any part of life that they want to be. And it's just how much they want to be after they get done showing livestock. And in five years from now, I hope that, uh, you know, we can look back and we can laugh at the livestock we thought that were the best. We can laugh at, you know, um, (laughs) You know, the, the little shows that we judged and where we got to the stock that we raised and we thought were so good. And, you know, the talk uh, on social media and, um, you know, everything and just laugh about it. Because if you think about five years ago from where we're at right now and how much things have changed, none of us would probably. Now, we don't want them back because they were our little pet. But none of us would show the same animal thinking that we were going to win today. Right. And I don't think that any of us will five years from now. We say we've got them as good as we can, but we still don't. We can still continue to make them better. And if we think we've made them the best, 
then we need to go do something else because we've conquered it. And now it's just time to go and spend your money on some other crazy project. Um, but yeah, you know, it's one of those things. I mean, um, and always pushing yourself. So, you know, there, there's a lot of different folks that will say, um, that they have different goals and aspirations for five years from now than what I do. But right now, uh, you know, we we're challenged in the state of Illinois, uh, with the harsh governor, um, you know, and I'm not big on politics, but somebody that doesn't care as much about youth livestock showing and things as what we do. So we're challenged to continue to prove the legislation and to the upper end, the, the, the North of interstate 80, that this is a big deal. And so, um, five years from now will be damn sure better than what it is right now. And it's real, real good right now. Well, that is awesome. I love it. Jeez. <laughs> Miles, you're, you're kind of a silver tongue when it comes to describing, uh, you know, livestock and how we, how we view, uh, uh, maybe the crystal ball in the future, but yeah, I, I, man, I'm with you. It's, it's a little bit of an open-ended yep. question. You know, we've had people take the route of like, uh, how are the livestock going to look or, uh, are we even going to be showing livestock? And, and obviously like you alluded to, I mean, we're going to keep making them better, but the thing really that's important that we got to continue to fight and advocate for is make sure that this thing still exists. Yeah. Cause I don't know about you, but I want my kids oh. to show and I want my, my family to be involved in it as long as possible. So, Without a doubt. Uh, and it's going to yeah. take things like this, this podcast right here, this, what you guys are doing uh, and, and the social media. I hope that, you know, there's never a time where you guys feel like uh, we don't have enough viewers to keep it going because that's the time where they all start to continue to show up. Mm-hmm. Yep, Absolutely. Well, Miles, it's certainly been a pleasure. Uh, I know you've kind of alluded to some of your cattle sales in the future, uh, and, or, you know, the times and timing of the year, stuff like that. Uh, for our listeners, if you guys want to go and, and try to, try to buy a show calf from Miles or, or some show pig, stuff like that, Miles, tell our listeners, uh, how they can get a hold of you and, you know, timing of, of your sales and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> best way right now is probably a text. Um, I get so many calls, you know, just right now at the show ride and everything. And, and so just trying to keep up, but it seems like I'm a better texter than anything. Uh, but we, uh, we will always sell hogs uh, privately off the farm and of, of what we're raising. And then I usually bring in about three or 400 of them uh, through the spring and fall that I buy and then resell. And um, they're always available. We do uh, do everything on orders uh, I don't buy something unless I know I have it sold prior to. So I get a lot of calls and, and, hey, do you have a Berkshire Barrel? I probably don't, but I'll dang sure go out and find him within the next five or six days. And so um, we do it all that way, uh, spring and fall, all year long, in the summer, always slinging pigs. Same thing with cattle now. I uh, thought it was just going to be a September sale and done uh, whenever I started it two years ago. It's drafted now into selling about 70 steers a year and um, and then also uh, several heifers. And so um, it, it's one of those things. It's just rapidly growing. And uh, that is the same thing as well. Everything's on order. Um, have to call. And uh, my biggest questions will always be to those families, what is your goal? And uh, then we go out and find the livestock from there. 
Um, we're, we're putting embryos in about 70 cows now and uh, we'll be uh, for the time being until the bank says we don't have any more money and uh, <laughs> uh, same thing with the pigs, uh, 20 sows. And um, we're looking forward to raising livestock so I don't have to go out and find them all the time. The only thing that sucks about it is I love going to my buddies and looking at stock. And so, um, and it's hard for me not to want to peel some out of there. Those good programs. So a lot of it's on trade. A lot of it's the stuff that we sell. Uh, but you can contact me anytime. We've got Facebook, uh, obviously, and, and uh, look up Tenuous Livestock. Uh, like it, share it, whatever. Um, holler at me. Always got hats and sweatshirts and the blah, blah, blah uh, laying around. So we'll send you something and hopefully get uh, those kids something good to show. So there you go. Appreciate you guys a bunch. Absolutely, Miles. We're uh, we're glad you were on. Speaking of of liking and sharing and posting, uh, those listening, please continue to follow us on social media: Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, uh, Stock Talk Podcast. Keep keep your segment uh, submissions coming in with the topics from a hat and social smashes. We appreciate you guys listening. Yeah, Miles. Again, thanks for jumping on. This has been an incredible amount of topics discussed and I got my notes taken literally a pen and paper right here beside me. So, uh, Hey, you're, you're one that I've always enjoyed, uh, on the microphone and just kind of seeing the stock that you raise and, and hearing the cattle side of things I think was, was pretty interesting. Uh, so again, thanks for taking the time yeah. out and jumping on the show. Uh, we, we truly appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you guys a bunch and Hey, keep on keeping on. Well, thanks, Miles. Hey, guys, thanks for joining us for another edition of Stock Talk.